As war continues to fracture the galaxy, planets become pawns in a dangerous chess game. One planet in peril is Naboo, where suffering and civil unrest threaten once friendly relations between the people on the surface and the underwater-dwelling Gungans. Rumors that the Gungans plan to aid the Separatists in an attack on Theed for Senator Padme Amidala home, accompanied by Jedi General Anakin Skywalker. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to the 136th Bombad Beating the Crap Out of General Grievous episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach us is, of course, on social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show. With all the Mandalorians in your covert. We truly, truly appreciate that. The efforts that everyone takes to help us grow the show. Uh, cannot thank you enough for doing that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. How is everyone doing? Welcome back to another exciting installment of Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. And and uh, I'm, I'm still not used to the pace that we are currently going at. It's so much slower than what we've been doing in the past. Uh... But based on, on let, let's see how this week goes, and we might be in a position to start moving a little bit faster uh, as, we, as we head into uh, Season 2 of The Bad Batch and uh, eventually the Kenobi series, right? So I will keep you posted, but maybe, 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 maybe <laughs> on Friday there'll be another episode of the show in your feed. Fingers crossed. Let's see what happens and see how things shake out. Uh... Before we get started on the show, there was a couple of little tidbits. There, there are things I'm sort of reluctant to even in, even get into. A, because you'll you'll know basically when I <laughs> recorded this episode to compare to when you're hearing. You'll be like, "That was weeks ago." What are you talking about? Uh, and also because this is this story is is rumor based, and and I'm not crazy about talking about things uh, that can't have a a an accredited source. You know, like a, a valid journalistic out, uh, outlet, you know, has, has a reliable source of this information that's reported on. It's just something that a, a website seems to have, and then a thousand other websites picked up on it. But is it true? I don't know. And that's sort of one of the gray areas of the internet, the sort of a journalistic integrity or lack thereof. Uh, so I, I, I bring this up 
with a with a huge grain of salt, and and I don't even know. I don't even know why why I'm doing it, other than to, just to give you guys a little something in case you hadn't heard. There is a story going around that, uh, according to a, a, a internet source, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that that John Favreau has has after the success of the first season of the Mandalorian had has signed a quote unquote insane deal with with Disney and Lucasfilm to continue to develop more Star Wars properties. Um, sure, why not? I, I don't think that. I mean, why why doesn't that make any sense? I suppose I do, there's no clarification on what insane means. There's no sort of understanding of of the, the, the terms, uh, the number of shows, the number of content. What kind of dollars assigns are associated with any of it? Not that that's any of our business, but again, that's that's sort of why I, I don't like talking about these things because there's just not enough facts to to attach it to. The thing I didn't like about this internet story was that it claimed that this is something that, that they came to a, a conclusion they or a deal they struck with Favreau again after seeing the success of the first season of the, of the Mandalorian and how it sort of uh, became the the premier series for Disney Plus for the app to get to get people to come to the streaming service. Uh, so like, hey, we'll keep Favreau on board. Let him make more Star Wars stuff. The fans seem to like it. Um, and in counter to that was that like Favreau's intention was only to do one season of The Mandalorian. That doesn't sound right to me. That, I think that was a part of the, of the story that I had the most questions about because, I mean, yeah, I suppose he could have written the one season with the plans to leave and, and have it kind of be open-ended but let someone else pick up the reins. Uh, but I think, I think... Favreau, as a storyteller, would have closed his story a little bit more succinctly instead of leaving it with, with Moff Gideon standing on top of his, his crashed TIE fighter with the Darksaber. Um, the, the, it felt like a, a continuation was only natural. So that's why, I, again, I just urge people, when, when we get into inv- invested in these internet news stories, that we uh, take it with a massive grain of salt. I'm sure there is a, a deal between Disney slash Lucasfilm and John Favreau. And I'm sure it is uh, insane by our terms, that we, as we understand it, of, of the kind of money that's linked to these sort of things because they have all of it and we have none of it. <laughs> but it's just one of these stories that, again, sort of picked up out of nowhere. Um, and I, I don't even know what we're talking about. You know, Favreau's linked to a lot of the, of the shows moving forward. Um, he's, you know, obviously The Mandalorian, if the Boba Fett continues, he's linked to that. There's been long been rumored that he's going to have some sort of uh, he has a sort of secret project in development with with Star Wars. We'll get our answers when the, when the time comes. And you know, I know again we live in. The, I, I bring this up a lot. We live in the society that wants to know all these things now. We can't just wait and be, and be surprised and, and be um, rewarded for our patience. It's it's this kind of like now now now. You know, Boba Fett ends now. We want Kenobi. Give it to us. We're done with Boba Fett. It's over. Uh, and it's like whoa, hey, deep breath. Let's savor, savor what we got. Don't want to see, don't want to see some Star Wars fans at a buffet. I couldn't imagine it. <laughs> They're just, just shoveling it, shoveling it, shoveling, not enjoying the product. Now, granted, a buffet, you know, I don't know how much that's worth savoring. Depends where you're at. Country buffet, I don't know. I don't know. What's your favorite buffet out there? Tell me. Let me know on, on social media, and maybe we'll go check out a buffet together sometime. Probably not. Not gonna do it. Not a buffet guy anymore. Did one in Atlantic City one time. Never again. Not happening. No dice. It's over. Sorry about that. Any buffet fans out there? In buffet enthusiasts? Uh, I, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm not intending in trying to uh, besmirch your preferred milieu of, of food consumption. Not for me. Not for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> what else we have to talk about? There's so, it's Star Wars. There's always things to talk about. But why not just get into our star, our episode? It is Star Wars: The Clone Wars rewatch Mondays. Excuse me, I'm I'm over here a little bit uh, as I as I get fired up on the buffet topic. We are here for season four, episode four, Shadow Warrior. Original air date September thirtieth, two thousand eleven, and we have a stunning, stunning plot description for you all. So I want you all to brace yourselves. <laughs> There's unrest on Naboo, and the Gungans are considering to join the Separatists. But General Skywalker discovers that Boss Leone is being influenced by dark magic against his will. Uh, so yeah, we are sticking with the Gungans. We have some Gungan action in this episode. Directed by Brian O'Connell, uh, as, as he has directed so many episodes of the show. It's written by Daniel Arkin and our cast. Again, many many familiar ones. Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker. Catherine Tabor is Padme Amidala. Ahmad Best is Jar Jar Binks and Boss Leone. Corey Burton is Count Dooku, Richelieu, and Gungan Soldier Number 1. Matthew Wood is General Grievous. Fred Tedescore is uh, Tarples. Uh, Jamila McMillan is Queen Neyatuni. Ian Abercrombie is Darth Sidious. And Tom Kane, once again, is our narrator. Uh, our, our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode is... Bop, bop, bop. Who a person truly is cannot be seen with the eye. Uh, this episode has a lot to do with... Um, uh, in, impersonation and and taking on an identity other than your own for the greater good. Uh, Jar Jar Binks assumes the role of Boss Leone in order to avert the Gungan-led invasion of Theed that would that would see the Gungans siding with the Separatists. Uh, this is a uh, once again we sort of uh, are get in, get involved in a Kurosawa reference, right? Because this movie, uh, sorry, this episode uh, is basically the translation of a Japanese word. Uh, for, uh, and I'm going to get it wrong. I, I hope I get it right. Kajimusha, Kagimusha maybe, uh, is, the, is the Japanese version of Shadow Warrior. And it, it, apparently it's a movie that George Lucas was, was uh, very instrumental in getting funding for, for, for Kurosawa. Uh, so much so that he, he gets recognition at the end of the credits in, in the movie. So uh, they sort of, in, in that movie, has a lot... A similar plot of, of uh, impersonating a fallen leader in order to avoid uh, a warfare, is essentially. So that that's sort of like the broad stroke similarities between the the Kurosawa film and this episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, but this time it has to deal with the Gungans and Jar Jar Binks. And, and again, we have Ahmed Best back to the role. And uh, you know, we we talked about in the past uh, how Ahmed Best for a while wanted to be. Uh, separated from the role of Jar Jar, it was it had caused him uh, a lot of poor mental health. The the sort of browbeating that that character took and Ahmed, Ahmed Best took um, during this time of Star Wars fandom, when the fans were still lashing out at the prequel trilogy. Uh, and, you know, and now we look back at it now, and the prequel trilogy is, is so beloved because the kids who grew up with it um, are now out there being the most staunch defenders of the prequel trilogy, and I think that's a really cool thing. So, so Ahmed uh, was involved early on in the Clone Wars. I think I think a few episodes in, in season one, uh, and then he stepped away. And I think there was a few other people who did Jar Jar's voice on and off. But Jar Jar, by and large, sort of faded to the background uh, during seasons two, three, and four, or seasons two and three. Excuse me. Now Ahmed is back, and 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 Jar Jar's kind of like being done done correctly, right? Uh, done. According to his his filmatic film origins, if you will, uh, and and I'm glad I'm glad the fandom has come around on Jar Jar. The fandom has come around on Ahmed Best, 
uh, and it's, it's that's a really nice thing to see. But yeah, if you, if you're out there and you're young enough that you don't remember what I'm talking about, the fandom hated Jar Jar in a way that uh, um, sort of rivals what we've seen from uh, you know the people who are fired up about the Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. Like this, this is sort of like that. But you know, we didn't have. Back in like the late '90s, we didn't have the Twitters and the, and the Facebook to go on and, and, and complain about all this stuff. Uh, so it was just sort of like message board posting and, and stuff like that. But the, the idea was out there. It was sort of known that a lot of people, older fans in particular, not big on the Binks. But I'm glad that's kind of uh, uh, stepped back and, and, and we're able to appreciate what a what the prequels are and and the performances that the, these actors brought to it. Uh, so so again, I, I'm all for it. I'm I'm I'm. I am, was famously at the time, back in the day, the, the prequel apologist. And now I have been, been vindicated, <laughs> which is what it's all about. You know, it's, it's, it's always nice to, to if you're going to take a stand on a hill, it's nice to, when people finally come around and be like, hey, that guy on the hill, he's right. So, hey, I feel pretty good about that. Sweet. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The prequels are are. Again, and my appreciation for actually has really, really grown as I've gotten older, too. So it, it works out really, really nicely. Any hoot, let's get into our episode. You know what that means. It's that time. We're going to war. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Young Senator Amidala, if you stay here to talk Misa out of marching on feed, you are wasting time. With all due respect, your course of action is based on lies. You must make your warriors stand down. Misa different now. Misa enlightened. See? Acting look or not. He seems possessed if you ask me. Or under someone's influence. Stop whispering and go. Misa God. The necklace. What? What's happening? So real quick before we get into the actual episode, one thing I noticed during the during the introduction during Tom Kane's narration of this episode, uh, he makes a reference to uh, the many planets that are being pulled apart in, in sort of this intergalactic game of chess. I thought that was an interesting um, colloquialism, right? Especially because it's Star Wars. Like, why why are we going to say chess? It's Star Wars. Like, why don't we just say just say Dejeric? That would have been super fun. But again, there's sort of, you know, it's a nitpick. It's a thousand percent a nitpick, but Star Wars fans would have liked it a lot more. You said to Jarek, as far as I know, I don't think we've seen chess in, in Star Wars at all, right? Like this is in Star Trek, where they play the 3D chess. No, no, no. We played to Jarek in Star Wars. So I would have liked that reference more. Uh, though I suppose, you know, again, you're, you're sort of making this approachable. So you make the metaphor uh, so that people understand it more. But again, a quibble. A little thing. I was just like, why didn't they say Jarek? That would be more fun. But, you know, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> um, this is an interesting episode. It starts off, again, we're right with the Gungans. We've been with the Gungans uh, since the second episode of the season when they joined uh, the Mon Cala Civil War on the side of the Mon Cala and the Republic. So, spending more time with the Gungans now in a different situation. It seems odd to me, and again, it makes me wonder if this is an episode that kind of follows in the chronological order that we seem to have been in since around the midpoint of Season 3, or if this is one that's a little bit set before or later on in the timeline, because it seems odd to me that right after aiding the Republic, 
uh, we, we're going to get this, this scenario where the Gungans are now uh, going to march on Theed and, and declare it for the Separatists. That seems unusual to, to me. Now, granted, we are aware of, of, of Boss Leone under the influence of a mystical necklace, uh, but it seems like a very quick sort of like, hey, Leone's just he, and, and again you can see Leone in episode uh, two when, when when Master Yoda sends or is it Yoda or Kenobi I can't I can't remember but when the Jedi make their pitch uh, to the Gungans for aid uh, you can you, you know it's, it's Boss Leone in those scenes obviously you know it's animation it's it's done a lot of it at the same time so you're gonna get a lot of the same characters and the same models being used but Leone's in charge right so you just aided them I guess if you're under the under the sway of a mystical necklace. You can go from, from uh, you know, you can do a 180 really, really quickly like that. But it, it just struck me as a little odd. Uh, but it's so funny because, again, they focus on this necklace. And then very, very quickly, Anakin deduces that Leone is under the influence of this mystical necklace. Uh, so let's check in and get the information from Leone himself as to where he got this necklace. Who gave you this necklace, Your Majesty? Minister Richelieu. He's uh, given it to me. He's uh, telling me it's a uh, make me bombard leader. Very powerful. They say we shall lose no ancient Gungo mystical power. Mind over matter. But he's uh, only use it for good. Until now, you mean. Boom. So, Richelieu, uh, it, it, it's a, a, in case you, how do I phrase this without sounding like a, like a, I don't, mm. all right. <laughs> so, Richelieu, uh, it's, it's definitely a callback to, to Alexander Dumas, the Three Musketeers, and Cardinal Richelieu, the villain of the Three Musketeers series, uh, who's a, a, a usurped the throne of France. Uh, Richelieu, is, 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 the, the Richelieu in this uh, wants to sort of usurp the throne of the Gungans. He wants to sort of uh, be viewed as the liberator of the Gungan people uh, uh, as he stirs up these sort of like anti Naboo sentiment amongst the people as he is sort of galvanizing them against, uh, galvanizing them for the separatists on this invasion of Theed. Now, again, to go back to my, my canonical thing, perhaps Count Dooku, uh, seeing what the Gungans can do in battle, is like, hey, maybe we should get the Gungans on our side. They're a little bit more fearsome than I gave them credit for. Uh, but there's some interesting stuff with Dooku in this episode, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it seems like Richelieu. Uh, is swayed by Count Dooku uh, for the opportunity to a lead his people and, and keep his people free from the separatists. It seems like Richelieu may be coming from a good place with this invasion of Theed. Uh, maybe he thinks that it's inevitable that the separatists and Count Dooku will come to Theed, and he's doing what he can for the Gungan people. Um, but again, he's doing it the wrong. He's going about it the way wrong way. Let's go ahead and play the conversation now between Richelieu and Count Dooku. Events these are proceeding as planned, Count. Very good. These are able to persuade the officers to allow the Separatist army easy access into Naboo. You're doing the right thing for your people, Minister Lu. Alright, fast forward a little bit. Here's the next sequence here as Leone comes to confront Risa Lu. Why, Sir Boss Leone? What to Misa Oda pleasure? You sir tricked me, Rishlu. Misa don't. You sir used magical powers to manipulate Misa head thoughts. Misa never attacked the surface dwelling brothers and sisters unless you sir clouded Misa head. You sir not thinking clearly, Bombard leader. Where's the necklace Misa given you? It's a destroyed. 
You shall not control me no more. You some mistaken king fool. Something's wrong. We better get up there. Alright, so here's why I wanted to pause it, because I wanted to ask the question. You know, recently, apparently, uh, this... It, a, a practitioner of ancient Gungan mystical arts. But is this, in fact, the Force? That That's the question I want to ask you. Uh, because it seems we have seen in many cultures, of many uh, other planets in Star Wars, there's, there's cultures that have a belief system that seems mystical, like the Jedi. It seems to be powered by some kind of magic, like potions and, and talismans and, and jewels and, and necklaces and things like that. But we see those those sort of artifacts with the Jedi and with the Sith as well. So is this a practitioner, practitioner of, the, of, of the Force and of, uh, of an ancient Jedi, excuse me, an ancient Gungan methodology, right? Of ancient Gungan belief system that connects to the Force. That's what I sort of want to know. It seems like it is because Anakin's perception of, of something going on, some kind of imminent danger, he must feel the disturbance in the Force because the Force is being used in a harmful way. Uh, I, I, I'm curious if, if you agree with me on that, or am I reaching? Or is this is this somehow separate? Again, we've, we've seen far too many examples. You know, the Knights and Sisters of Dathomir being, being one of the more, more prevalent examples of, of a culture, of, of a society that is connected to the Force, but has a very different way of using the Force. So I, I think that is a, a Force user, a Force using Gungan. But what do you all think? Now again, this confrontation, Anakin leads into the room. Rishlu will stab the the Boss Leone, make his make his escape despite Anakin's uh, hot pursuit, and we will fi find ourselves in the infirmary, infirmary with Boss Leone unconscious in a coma, medical coma while he's recovering, and Anakin and Padme make a very interesting discovery. The Gungans are still gathered and poised to march on Theed. Osleone oh! never got a chance to call off the invasion. And it's almost dusk. Jar Jar, you're a senator. You have to tell them to stand down. They'll listen to you. These are Gungans are proud. With this mood at the moment, Misa the last person they listen to now. <laughs> I don't believe it. The resemblance is... Remarkable. Uh, who's I resemble what's up? You. You look just like Boss Leone. I didn't realize it until you put the crown on. This gives me an idea. Jar Jar, you must put on Leone's robes and keep that crown on. Oh, no, no. Misa can't do that. You have to if we're going to convince the Gungan army to stand down. But they will never listen to Misa. Maybe not. But they will listen to Boss Leone. But Misa, oh, don't look at her. So that's an interesting line to go out on, right? So is it only that Leone and, and Jar Jar look alike to humans? <laughs> is there a bit of a thing going on in this episode? Let's pretend that it's not the case. <laughs> and that, uh, again, we're, we're paying homage to a Kurosawa film uh, where, where mistaken identity and the assumption of, of an identity will, will lead to avoiding conflict. Uh, so again, it, it seems like a, it's. It, I feel like it should, it should be more of an ethical quandary for for Anakin to sort of promote impersonating a leader. Uh, but again, he's doing it to cause to to de-escalate a situation that the uh, that the leader originally didn't want to have happen anyways. So I think by and large, on the ethical standpoint, we're okay. Uh, 
but yeah, it it seems like it, it's it's almost like the plot of a of some sort of a comedy movie. Like it reminds me of a of of, of Dave. You remember Dave with the uh, with Kevin Klein? He's impersonating the president because the president's like in a coma, but he was doing something. He was having like an affair on the side. It's a whole thing, but you know Sigourney Weaver. It's a movie. It's fun. Go check it out. But <laughs> so that, again, mistaken identity movies are are a big thing. You get a little bit of that in this in in Star Wars is sort of version of it. But again, the Kurosawa roots roots are the strong point are the strong uh, driving force of the story. So uh, what's what's exciting about what's what's next is again you get you get Jar Jar t- doing this impersonation, kind of coming into into his own, finding his voice as Boss Leone. De-escalating the, the the troops for marching on feed, and and shouting down Richelieu as a sort of a a, a turncoat, right? As someone who's uh, working with the separatists to further his own agenda. Uh, what happens next is the separatists arrive and they're like, "Hey, I thought we had a deal. We were going to march on feed together, and and we I thought we were in business. What's going on here?" So then you get a fun interaction uh, between quote unquote Boss Leone, aka Jar Jar Binks, and the leader of the separatists on Naboo. That would be one in General Grievous. Let's check this uh, encounter out. Come in, Minister Leone. Let's sit down and have a talk. So. So. I hear you have decided not to aid our attack on the Naboo. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. We must put end to unfortunate, unfortunate bang-bang conflict. It was a great effort and cost for me to bring my armies here. Mr. Sorry, that boss. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, um... Misa was receiving muy bad advice. If you won't attack the Naboo, I will. Oh, that uh, Gen- General Toppers? Yes, sir, boss. You sir need to do that. That thing. That big troop thing. What did you just say? Go, sir. Go. So Tarples is about to get the communications device because uh, Anakin is pursuing Richelieu. Um, <laughs> so so the, Tarples is going to have to let the, the Pad, I think actually I think he reaches out to Padme first to be like, hey, by the way, uh, now Jar Jar is negotiating with General Grievous and this can only go badly, right? Uh, I I actually laughed a couple different times during the sequence, uh, particularly when Jar Jar's is is messing with the seat. I thought it was really really funny the way it was kind of going up and down. He's like squeaking and looking all over the place. And I I really thought that was a, a very subtle humorous moment. Uh, again, Jar Jar, I think is is sort of found redemption in in these later years and and the Clone Wars. I don't I, I think uh, helped that out quite a bit. So <laughs> let's get to the next big segment to talk about here. Yeah, so let's go ahead and check out uh, Padme and Tarples on the communications because Padme has, uh, she's going to use the Gungans to get, get down to business here. Senator, Misa has urgent message from Boss Leone. He says say General Grievous is a here. Grievous is here? Where's Anakin? He's a chasing Richalu. General Tarples, listen to me. You must capture Grievous. But how? There's too many droids helping him. The droid commander still thinks you're on the same side. Have the droids shut down, then attack. It's the only way. 
Grievous is a pompad warrior. But we shall do as you say. I always be believing in the friendship between Gungans and the Naboo. Thank you, General. So we catch up with Anakin in pursuit of Richelieu. There's some some uh, separatist, some probe droids, aka later on Imperial probe droids, that that uh, d- destroy Anakin's speeder, causing him to pursue on foot. Uh, we get back to the ship between uh, Leone, aka Jar Jar, in negotiations with with Grievous, stalling for time, if you will, and eventually coming to the point where he will uh, try to make an escape from uh, from this this. Uh, Awful, awful conversation that he seems to find himself in. And, uh, again, more humor in this than I think maybe he gets credit for. Uh, Parts of this make me chuckle. Uh, but this lures Grievous outside, right? And and Tarples, following the instructions of Padme, has shut down the droid army that's on the outside. And uh, all these Gungans arrive on the scene to engage in battle against General Grievous uh, as it begins to rain on Naboo. And I really like this sequence. If you haven't watched this episode in a little bit, uh, this is a really good sequence. And it really shows, once again, the Gungans is really capable fighters, not just in the sea, but on land. Uh, and, and they take it to Grievous. And they do a really great job of whooping his booty in a way that you're like, hey, why haven't the Jedi been able to beat this guy? A bunch of Gungans just kicked his boot, his boots all over the all over the field. And they capture General Grievous. And it's a really awesome sequence. And again, it, it, it comes at a, at a cost as, as General Tarples, a character that we saw initially back in, in, in The Phantom Menace when he was just Captain Tarples, uh, pays the ultimate price, but in such a noble and, and just awesome way, uh, like making the sacrifice to, to capture the, separatist, the leader of the droid armies of the, of the separatist uh, movement. It's a really, really great sequence. I, I don't think I'm overblowing that. If, again, if you don't want to watch this entire episode, get around to like uh, let me check, let me get the timestamp on here for you because I, you can just go to this and watch this. This is around the 14 minute mark, all right? And it's awesome. It's a really rad sequence. The Gungans take it to Grievous like nobody has thus far on on this series, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. And Tarples uh, making the making the hero move, the sacrifice play, awesome. So well done. Let's go ahead and check out the, the, the Tarples moment here, because it's pretty awesome. How does it feel to die? Not die. Sacrifice! Tata, now! And that was the sound of the Gungans hitting him with those those crazy uh, 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 electron water balloons that they have. And then uh, he's about to get Grievous is about to get another spear through his body here. Again, it's a great sequence. The Gungans are so cool in it. I love it so so much. It's really really rad. And you're like, oh my god, Grievous is off the table. This is a big this is a big victory for the Republic, right? Not so fast, my friends. Our 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 noble hero, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, gets himself into a pickle. Let's let's go check that out right now too. This turn of events is unfortunate. General Grievous is a critical part of my plan for the Clone Wars. He must not remain captive. What is to be done, my lord? You must lure Skywalker into a trap, then negotiate a prisoner exchange. 
How can you be certain the Republic will trade Grievous for Skywalker? I have no doubt Senator Amidala will gladly agree to your terms. As you wish, my lord. And that is... <laughs> you wonder how he knows that, right? Well, you know, Anakin can't keep a secret from his good friend Pal- Palpi- Palpatine's. And, and so he's got the inside scoop that the, of the secret marriage and and all all that 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 relationship that he's been secretly fostering uh so yeah it, it's it's going to turn out real bad for the republic here as anakin is going to find himself in quite the conundrum let's hear dooku lay out the plan rishlu yes i am at your secret laboratory meet me here and leave enough of a trail for skywalker to follow you i have a surprise waiting for him that would be more commando droids. So yeah, good stuff. All right, so we got quite a sequence here as as Rishlu has lured Skywalker into a confrontation here with Dooku. We're gonna have to play for a little bit because uh, Dooku dropped some really interesting uh, uh, knowledge here on Anakin, uh, as he's n- gonna be doing a lot of in, in upcoming episodes of the show. So let's check it out uh, right now. Master, I have done what you asked. Skywalker is a here. Young Master Skywalker, you're nothing if not relentless. What a surprise. Dooku. You're a fool, Rishlu. So yes, that was the sound of Rishlu being killed by Count Dooku. Uh, not quite the master manipulator that the Cardinal was in The Three Musketeers, but... Uh, Rishu has served his purposes for Dooku, uh, which, again, Dooku having a, a real track record of uh, doing away with his subordinates <laughs> and the people he's manipulating. Maybe uh, the Republicans should be making these sort of things more public to dissuade people from joining up with the Separatists. Just a thought. Let's hear the rest of the sequence. Why bring the war to Naboo? How quickly you forget. After all, the war started here years ago. You were a part of that first battle? The Sith control everything. You just don't know it. See, there you go. Exciting stuff. Him connecting the dots for the Jedi. The shroud of the dark side over the Jedi. They they don't even perceive these connections. Now, again, you you think that perhaps Windu and Yoda and some of the Jedi Council have, have been sort of paying attention to these events since they were there at the time of it all. But as as Yoda has told us, the the cloud of the dark side really muddying up the Jedi perception of of what's really going on with this war and and how it's being manipulated and affected by the Sith. Uh, This is a great sequence here between Anakin and Count Dooku, a really good lightsaber battle. And uh, once again, Anakin finds himself on the the short side of the stick as uh, he is going to be captured. Spoiler alert. I'm I'm sorry to uh, keep you to keep to ruin the suspense so quickly. But yes, Dooku defeats Anakin Skywalker once again in a battle. And takes him prisoner and issues the demands to Padme Amidala. Oh, and I should have mentioned that it's not just Count Dooku. I mean, there's a good amount of uh, commando droids involved in the uh, defeat and capture of Anakin. But let's hear uh, Count Dooku make contact with Padme and break the bad news. Anakin. Senator Amidala, we meet again. I must regretfully inform you that young Skywalker has been detained. What have you done with Anakin? Now, now, Senator, let's not become emotional. What do you want, Dooku? 
I'm glad you asked. I could be persuaded to return Skywalker to you in exchange for General Grievous. I... I can't do that. I'm sorry. You soon will be. Stop! You cannot torture a prisoner! Torture? I don't know what you mean. I'll give you an hour to consider my proposition. I'm sure you will make the right choice. Yusa, have to trade with him. I can't, Jar Jar. With Grievous captured, we could win the war. But, but Padme, he's uh, our friend. I know. I know, Jar Jar. Misa thinks Yusa have to deal. Yusa should listen to Binks. He's all right. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. Uh, morally, this, uh, I suppose, is the right move, right? You know, it, it, you're saving a life. Um, but I understand where Padme is coming from because she would be saving a lot more lives if, if they keep Grievous, take him off the table, and there's no longer someone commanding, of, of his skill level, commanding the droid army. So that's sort of, you know, that, that age-old argument, you know, the, the lives of the many versus the lives of the one sort of scenario, right? Um, so yeah, Padme's in a tough boat, and obviously she has per a personal stake in this with Anakin. Um, and, and yeah, she's gonna listen to her heart, if you will. <laughs> and again, because we know the end of Grievous, we know that he can't be a prisoner for too long. He's gonna get back into the field, because we know who ultimately defeats and stops General Grievous once and for all. And that would be Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. So yes, the prisoner ex exchange is agreed to. We see Grievous brought out in all these restraints and all these uh, all these sort of shackles and things like that. And a very uh, uh, weakened Anakin Skywalker is placed before them. And the exchange is made, and the, the, the droid army pulls out. They leave Naboo. Uh, and it's time to thank our heroes for their, their role in, in, in the... Uh, excuse me, in all these events. So let's, let's close out the episode with this. Binks? You've been bombard leader in my place. This is the second time you should stop in war between us and the Naboo. And we are grateful, Senator Binks. Misa doing my best. And there you go. That's how we wrap it up. Padme and Anakin, a very weakened Anakin, being led away. Uh, and Grievous, once again, back in control of the Separatist droid army. So a really quick-paced episode, I think, uh, overall. You know, we, we move really quickly from... One element to the other, you know, the, the the sort of possessed leader, then the confrontation with the possessor, the chase, the the action, Grievous, the separatist, the attack on on Naboo, or the deferring the excuse me, de-escalating the the, the uh, imminent attack on Theed. Uh, it moves really really quickly. It's a very brisk pace for like the twenty plus minutes of this episode. We go from thing to thing to thing really really quickly, and it's it's very entertaining. And I think that's, that's the biggest compliment I can give this episode. Because, again, you, you sort of start with this, like, oh, the leader is possessed. We're going to have to figure this all out. And, and Jar Jar's going to have to impersonate him while we get this possession thing sorted. But no, no, no. They, they, dispute, they dispel that very, very quickly. We, we move on. Again, the pace, I guess, is, 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 is something I really enjoyed about this episode. Uh, if we aren't going to sort of follow one avenue of the story, 
like the possession element, like the impersonation element. I mean, they just move from it, boom, 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 boom. And I like that a lot about it. And the action sequences are really, really strong. I, again, I, I talked about it ad nauseum, how much I love the Gungans versus uh, versus Grievous. And I enjoy the confrontation between Dooku and Anakin. Uh, the speed with which their lightsaber uh, uh, contact, con conflict was engaged uh, and then the inclusion of the commando droids to sort of aid Dooku in a very Scythian sort of way uh, in, in, in defeating Anakin so he, he could capture him and get Grievous back, knowing that uh, if a failure to do so would very much upset Darth Sidious and uh, Dooku not prepare to disappoint Darth Sidious once again. So uh, I, I give the episode, it's, it's a solid 7.5 for sure, and, and you probably even persuade me to push it closer to 8 because those those action elements I enjoyed so much. Again, watching the Gungans beat the holy crap out of General Grievous uh, uh, filled me with so much delight. Uh, I, I just... I don't know. Maybe part of it is because like the Gungans were, were sort of uh, dismissed for, by the fandom for for so long, and to get to see them be uh, these awesome warriors is just really fun for me. I really really enjoy it. So that's what I got to say about this episode. Uh, what did you think? You know what to do. Reach out to me on the social media. Tomcat. Uh, ooh, wrong podcast. Hello. <laughs> you know where to find me. It's at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Another reminder to please like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If you have the time and the inclination, another great way to support the show, five-star reviews. So, so helpful in our never-ending battle against the algorithm. Uh, we, and we thank you so much for doing that. We also want to give a special shout-out to the Amando Vision Maniacs, which you can become over at patreon.com forward slash Vision. You can join the Maniacs and gain access to sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Maniacs, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff is co-hosting the Ringing Ear, the Ringing Ear, excuse me, a great music podcast. Please check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, a prior brewing company here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the silent assassin, he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good. Thank you all so much for being maniacs. I uh, hope you're enjoying that Peacemaker episode. I know it's a doozy, two, two, -ish, two and a half-ish hours of insane conversation and content. <laughs> but I really enjoyed recording it, so I hope you liked it. All right, let's get out of here. We're going to be back maybe sooner than expected, but at the very least, we'll be back on Monday, okay? So do that thing where you take care of each other, you be good, you be awesome, be great Star Wars fans, support other Star Wars fans, and, and, and generally just be a rad, rad person, uh, to quote Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other, and, uh, and they will be excellent back to you. So let's get out of here. You know how this podcast ends. It only ends one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>